How we doing? I am your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob. Welcome to Station B.O.B. And let me tell you a little about thee. I am a kid from a Harlem hood who turned out good. I got educated like I should. Now I know how to help you grow to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. With that said, I am here to provide you with some clarity associated with the perplexity of the challenges in your life, love, and work. So, without further ado, let's get down on it. Enjoy the show. Yes, how we doing? Once again, my friend, welcome to Station B-O-B, where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. And of course, I am your host, Dr. Rob. And as always, I am filled with enthusiasm, joy, energy, because I am so happy to be with you once again to bring you yet another podcast. And so today, the topic for today is that topic you've been waiting for, The Things We Do For Love, Part 2. Okay, so without further ado, let me jump right on in it. Stop playing. So here we go. The Things We Do For Love, Part 2. What I need to say is, before we get started with Part 2, I have breaking news. And that breaking news is, I I, I just realized that there will be a Part 3 to The Things We Do For Love. Or should I just change the topic title to The Crazy Things We Do For Love? Because the things that I have done... Have been crazy. Anywho, I have to add a, another part to this podcast topic because it just seems that I cannot confine the crazy things that I've done for love. I can't. I just. It just not. It just cannot be held to two podcasts. It, it is. It's just too much. And so today is about part two. And part three will be coming soon. So let's get on with it. And just like they do on TV, on the on these uh, television series, I have to start by saying, previously on Station B.O.B., I told you how my girlfriend, the wife of another man, moved in with me after I took her out of her, the home of her husband, after she had been complaining to me constantly about being abused and mistreated by him, and after I rescued her and moved her into my apartment one fall evening, the very next day, I, I called to check on her to see how she was making out as I called her from work, and she told me that she wanted to move out. Now, as crazy as that was, 
I still went and spoke to her landlord, and I was able to get her apartment back for her since she had just moved in with me less than 24 hours ago. And the landlord agreed to take her back. You know, I'm just trying to bring you up to speed with where we left off in part one so that I can then jump into the things we do for love part two. And so I came home from work. I told my girlfriend that she could move back to her apartment since she had made up her mind that she did not want to live with me less than 24 hours after moving in. And then, bow, she sucker punched me in my left eye. And I saw stars. And then a fight broke out. I was able to get control of the situation shortly thereafter. She threatened my life, and I told her that she had to leave, which she did. Two weeks later, she came back to get her belongings out of my apartment, and then I learned later that night that she stole my insulin while she was taking things out of my refrigerator, which I thought was for her daughter, but instead she stole my insulin. As I am a type 1 diabetic who is insulin dependent. And in her mind, she left me for dead. Yep, that's what she did. And so, that is how the things we do for love part 1 ended. Now, on to the things we do for love part 2. OMG. I'm not sure which part is crazier, part one or part two. But now there's a part three. And part three might be crazier than part one and two. (laughs) So after you hear this, you be the judge. But one thing is for sure. If you have done some crazy things for love, please know. And, well, I just want to say, please know that you can and should forgive yourself for the silly and stupid things that you may have been a part of in terms of what you thought you were doing for love. Because I definitely have had to let go of some some things, and of course I have forgiven myself. And unfortunately, I am not sure the things I did for love was 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 actually even love. I, you know, I know some of it was foolishness because, see, love should make sense. And the things I did did not make any sense at all. Love should not be foolish. Love should not consist of doing stupid things. If you recall from part one, I read the definition of what lo- of how love is defi- defined in the Bible. And the Bible says that love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. And although the scripture does not say this, love should not cause us to do stupid and silly things like I did or what you may have done. And you know what you have done. But I guess that's between you and you. I'm just coming out the closet with mine. What the hell? And so 
The craziness did not stop for me after that experience with the girl who stole my insulin. Now, just I just put a record. If any women are listening, I say girl, but I'm really talking about women. But you know, for 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 me and and, and my friends and people I know, we usually refer to women as our girl. I guess that gives us a feeling of you know youth. You know, we feel young. Say, yeah, that's my girl. You know. I guess when you say, well, that's my woman, it makes you sound a little older. But when I say girl, I'm actually talking about my my woman, okay? So I just wanted to clear clarify that. And so, as I was saying, the craziness did not stop for me after that experience with my girl who stole my insulin. There is more. Yes, much more about me and the things I did for love. And as I said, this story is laid out in more detail in my first book, The Choices We Make. Please check it out when you can, because I also provide solutions on ways to rise above the silly things we do for love and how to overcome the bad people we do these crazy things for that lead to total disappointment and broken hearts, and sometimes even broken bank accounts as well. So, with that said, let's get on with the things we do for love, part two. And so the way part two begins is with a brief story of not so much about what I did for love, but more so what I did in the name of love. And there is a difference. I mean, when you do things for love, that's when you do the silly and crazy things that I talk about in part one. But this story is about what I did in the name of love. And I think that is a good way to put it. So here we go with part two. The The story begins with the woman I married, my first wife. And I met her at a funeral. One of my childhood friends' fathers had passed away. And so right there, that should be a very red flag right there. I met my first wife at a funeral. I mean. I don't know. I mean, maybe you can meet a a wonderful person, you know. At a funeral, I don't know, but I met her at a funeral, and I didn't think anything of it at the time. Heck, it was a new girl for me to find love with one more time. Oh, my God. But right from the start, the red flags were all over the place. She was shut down when she got mad about things I did not know that she was mad about. Heck, I think anything made her mad. And to make it worse, to exacerbate the situation, she never let me know anything. She was not a communicator. She was more like a bad actor. This situation was definitely an experience like at Six Flags Great Adventure in terms of a roller coaster. One day was chicken, and 
some days were feathers, as my father used to say. He used to say, Rob. I say, Dad, how you doing? He say, Rob, you know, some days it's chicken and some days it's feathers. I just try to get chicken most of the time. And so in 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 my relationship with my first wife, it was definitely much more feathers than chicken. It was very much some ups and lots of way downs. Now, at the same time, I'm looking, you know, this is during the time that, you know, just, you know, in dating her and what my thought process was at the time. You know, I'm looking at my own biological clock. Yes, even as a man, I'm not worried about getting pregnant, of course, but I am getting older. All my friends were having children, and and some of them got married, some of them didn't. But in my mind, I always wanted to to get married and have children. So now I'm getting older, which means, you know, I guess I, I would be, Settling my standards for for the the person I would you know want to choose to be my wife, because I wanted to get married and have children, and that was just a terrible approach to it. But I'm human, so at this point, I'm in my late thirties, and I've been around the mountain several times, and still I have not found the right girl. Remember, in part one, I broke up with the right girl only to go out into the world and meet all of the pretty girls I dated who all turned out to be pretty ugly. I mean, if they were not angry, sad, lonely, real quiet, depressed, and did not communicate, then they had violent, I don't give a damn, like temperaments. I mean, damn, I mean... I don't even know what to say. And so now I'm with a girl who seemed to have all of those wonderful bad traits wrapped up into one. And so what did I do? I overlooked and I ignored the bad signs, which was a ginormous mistake on my part. Yes, that was a ginormous mistake on my part for sure. You see, because I wanted to get married and have a family, that was my focus and my mistake. And another stupid and silly thing I did for love. Right? Wrong. You see, The difference here is I did not love my first wife when we got married. I know you're probably saying, what? What do you mean you didn't love your first wife? No, I did not love her. She had shown too many bad signs for me to ever develop any love for her. Instead, what I had for her was hope. It was a hope that she would see my goodness, my spirit, and my positive energy. energy, And eventually, my hope was that she would evolve into a person that I could be with. But, B-U-T, that did not happen. 
Now this might this this might sound complicated to you, and and I could dig it, and I respect that, but it is not really as complicated as it may sound, because you see, I was making bad decisions all the way around. As I said, this was not complicated. Instead, this was simply some dumb shit on my part. It was what it was. Yep. I said it. That is exactly what it was. I was learning and I learned. As I always say, in this life, we we learn our best lessons from our biggest mistakes. And that is what I have done. And now... I am who I am because of the things I did for love. And with that said, I'm going to step aside and let a promo in, and we'll pick it up on the other side of the break. Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. In his first book, The Choices We Make, Robert takes a look at relationships to help readers learn how to have a good relationship with themselves before they can have good relationships with others. In his second book, Access Denied, Robert brings an eye-opening perspective about what happens to children and fathers when their relationships with the mothers of their children end on bad terms. Robert explores what he calls child pawn when a parent, usually the mother, uses a child as a weapon to hurt the other parent. Robert provides a let-go lab in his book to help parents find positive ways to resolve their issues in the best interest of their children. Light Up Your Life is Robert's latest book. Robert writes about the fact that we are all born with a special God-given talent. Even though we are all born with a special talent, most of us miss our true calling. In this book, you will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show. All right, welcome back. You know, before I continue on with part two of the things we do for love, I just wanted to say, you know, I think it's important. And I used to have a little brief segment on my podcast where I always took a moment, you know, to laugh because life should be fun. You know, these stories should be fun. So we're just going to take a moment to laugh. But this time I'm going to add a joke. I got this joke from my daughter and I hope I tell the joke the right way. So this is the joke. That hopefully will generate a moment of laughter for you. So the joke goes like this. Why was the math book so worried? Okay, you give up? Because it has so many problems. Yeah, I, I thought that was funny, too, when my daughter told me. I, that, that that was a good joke. Seemed like it was a good joke. Hope you enjoyed that one. So, now you might say, as we continue on, Dr. Rob, 
How do you know all the things you know and talk about on your podcast? Well, this is how I know these things. From the dumb shit that I have done. I learned the lessons from those experiences. And I have turned my pain into purpose. And now I am the one and only Dr. Rob. Do not get it twisted. You see, the most famous people, the smartest people, and the people you might look up to have all done crazy things for love and the things that I am sharing with you. You see, the game is the same. Only the players have changed. Ask some of those people that you know, that you admire, or your family members who seem successful in doing their things, ask them to share with you some of the things that they have done for love. You would be shocked and amazed that your uncle, your aunt, who you look up to, did some of the craziest things for love. But that was then, and this is now. And so... This is the people, they did what they did, and, and, and so now today they have become who they are because of those experiences. And that is why there is no shame to my game, because I have learned, and now I am better for it. This life we live can be a whole lot of things that include exciting, confusing, unknowing misleading and nobody has all of the answers especially when we are young you see we think we know everything we do not take advice from others especially when our emotions and feelings get involved as a matter of fact I say this about relationships in my book the choices we make I mean check this out excerpt out from my book as it speaks to just how much we don't know and we have no guidance in the whole relationship realm. And so in my book, I say, ultimately, we spend a good part of our adult lives in and out of bad relationships. Since we are not provided with any formal relationship education during the the 12 to 18 years we spend in our American school system from kindergarten up through college, we have to learn from experience that we need to make good relationship choices or better relationship choices. And so we have to get beat on, cheated on, deceived, mistakenly conceive, get infected by people with STDs and divorced once or twice before we might figure out how to make a good relationship choices. I mean, I'm sorry, how to make a good relationship choice. So, that's the that's the end of the the excerpt. So I just wanted to, to go forward, you see, and continue by saying this this love thing can be challenging for for all of us when there are no guidelines except for life experience, which 
in many cases does not even work for some because if you don't learn from your mistakes, you're going to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Okay, let's go back to the first wife. You see, the point here is the thing I did for love was not for love regarding her, and I already stated that. It was more so in the name of love. And see, this is the story. On the day of my wedding, just before I was about to marry my first wife, as I was on my way to the church riding in the limo with my best friend, my mainest man, one Kent Carmona, I told him that I was about to marry a girl I did not love. He was like, what? I said, yep, I'm about to marry a girl I do not love. Then he said, yo, Rob, if that is the case, let's go to a bar, throw back a few brews. You tell her later that you're not going to marry her. But no. I told him that I did not want to hurt her. See, that's what I did in the name of love. I did not want to hurt her. I mean, what is this love thing all about? We cannot get ourselves together. Here, I'm talking about I did not want to hurt a girl I did not want to marry. But yes, that was my feelings at the time. And I also said we have our family members members coming to this wedding. And so I will marry her. And if it does not work out, we can get a divorce. And he said, are you serious? I said, yes. I will accept responsibility for what I am about to do. I'm going to try to make it work. Because I do not have the courage to hurt her like this. And so I will go through with the wedding. Whoa. Yeah, that's a like, whoa, for sure. Because let me say this to you now. If I was ever in that predicament again, I would not show up to the church. As I have also learned that the temporary hurt one might feel for for the bride or the groom not showing up for the wedding at the church is not worth the lifelong misery one could experience when you marry a person that you know in your heart and mind that you should not marry. And so if any of you are in that predicament today, it may not be easy, but I fully admonish you. Do not go through with it, as you more than likely will live to regret it for show. And so, my friends, what I did in this case was not for love. This was in the name of love. I did not want to hurt another person. And, oh, my God, I should have listened to my friend. And I should not have shown up at the church because my marriage to that woman or person was one of the worst life experiences I ever had. 
And as much as I did not want to hurt my future wife by not showing up at the church, she spent the majority of our marriage finding ways to hurt me. And after we divorced, she was on a mission to hurt me in ways that I could not believe, which lasted more than a decade. And until this day, she still does not speak to me. Picture that. She caused all of the problems that hurt me and made me mad. And then she's mad at me because I'm mad at her for what she did to me. Don't you hate that? People do things to you. You get mad at them about what they did to you. And then they get mad at you because you mad at them. I mean, go figure. But, B-U-T, that experience after the marriage is what inspired me to do what I am doing today, right now, on this podcast, talking to you. And that is one of the reasons that inspired me to become Dr. Rob. And so, as I always say, in a strange way, our worst life experiences can turn out to be our best and most rewarding life purposes when you figure out how to turn your pain into gain. Now, I know that was a lot, and I did not even get into the next crazy thing I did for love, which I will take up with you on part three. Of this topic. And so. And I didn't mean. To have a part three. I thought I could get it all in. Parts one and part two. But this love thing. Is always a lot. And the things we do for love. The things I did for love. Cannot be contained. Cannot be confined to. Two podcasts. And so. I know part two was a lot. And I think it's a good idea to stop here and and finish up with the finale in part three coming soon. I just didn't realize that part two would be so full of good content. Oh, my God. And so I will stop here. And in closing, I just want to say to you, we have all done some crazy, silly things for love. If that is you, forgive yourself. Learn to let go of the pain it caused. Forgive the person that you did all these crazy things for. Probably drained your bank account. Lost friendships with your family and members and best friends. Yeah, forgive that person that you did all those crazy things for in love. And go forward with your life as a smarter, better, and a person who knows and believes you will find that good person who deserves the things you do for love. And so with that said, I will see you again real soon for part three of the things we do for love. Peace. As we wrap up this show, I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know 
a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org. To learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.